Before we begin this episode, we would just like to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision strips away the right to access safe and legal abortions, which is a fundamental right. Regardless for the reason of an abortion, safe and legal access needs to be available to all. Without this access, many will suffer from the dire consequences of seeking out unsafe abortions. We would like to take this opportunity to thank Ariel Nisenblatt, the creator of Earbuds Collective, for starting this podcast movement. For more information, please go to choice.crd.co. Again, that's choice.crd.co. And consider donating to abortion access funds if you can help the cause. Hello! And, and uh, welcome, welcome back to the <laughs> Murder in the Kitchen podcast. Uh, Can you tell we haven't done this in a while? <laughs> we were starting this and I was like, I feel so awkward right now. And oh. it's like back to episode one. Hi, I'm Callie, by the way. And I'm Libby. <laughs> this is our true crime podcast. Wow. It's been a hot minute. Mm. More than a hot minute. Yeah. Well, it has been hot. Well, I mean, my life has been falling apart, too, so, like... So much has been happening. Like, I'm a literal dumpster fire, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) The world is a literal dumpster fire. Oh, I know, but I'm burning right all the way up in the fuck... Like, all the way up in there. So much has happened. I went country hopping for three weeks. That was the most joy I've had in my life, and then it just... I started at, like, a 20 when I came back, and now I'm at, like, a negative 5. Well, I'm a little <laughs> higher right now. Um, I'm pretty sure I've been at approximately a negative 50 for <laughs> about t- two months now. Oh. <laughs> Life won't give me a break, guys. It's, it's fine. Well, we also have news. Which news? Which news? There's so There's much lots. news. <laughs> I'm moving to Paris. And I'm also quitting our job, too. <laughs> so we will no longer be co-workers soon. And also, uh, recording this podcast might get a little, uh, might get a little different once. We're gonna have to practice our, yeah, our once, Zoom. Once Callie is overseas, it'll be a little bit more difficult. I think we can do it. Yeah, we can probably figure it out. Yeah, because you have the other microphone. Yeah. And I'll just take this one. Yeah, we can figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll find a way to make it work. Where there's will, there's a way. And there's two wills right here. Yeah. They may not be strong all the time, but they're there. Do I have will anymore? I'm not even yes. sure. <laughs> I'll answer for you. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the world's going to shit. We have... Less rights than guns do in America. If you have a uterus, that is. Yeah, sorry. We, as in the uterus-having folk. people. Uterus-bearing. The child-bearing folk have less rights than a gun. Or those who can still potentially get pregnant, whether that's a transgender male or whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, to all those SCOTUS... People who voted to overturn Roe vs. Wade, fuck yourself. 
I have to say I'm really proud of the 14-year-old who found all of their addresses and credit <laughs> card numbers and shit. social security numbers. Yeah, and he also made donations to um, Planned Parenthood with their credit cards. Oh, thank God for those Gen Zers. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm... I'm I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm a little scared of what these kids are starting to figure out now. I'm I'm starting to feel like the 50-year-old woman who can't figure out how to work a remote, right? Like, Honestly. Oh, on to more exciting news. I officially have another niece. Oh, yeah. My brother and his wife uh, gave birth um, a week, two, two weeks ago, actually. It's been so long. She's so teeny. She is so teeny tiny. I'm in love with her. She is very small, though. <laughs> Uh, she's healthy. Don't worry. Uh, she's just small. Like, very she's small. She's so teeny, yeah. She's so teeny. Uh, Brooke's still here. We took her jingles off before recording. <laughs> um, but she's lying right, right next to us. But yeah, um, long intro aside. Sorry, Brooke. Let's get into the case. Um, so in honor of the, all these SCOTUS, for people who aren't familiar with that term, that's the uh, Supreme Court of the United States. Um, we're going to talk about the Roe versus Wade case and what it entails and blah, blah, blah. Um, because I feel like a lot of people who are pro-life don't know the whole thing behind it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of... Um because it's not just about abortion. I feel like there's a huge lack of knowledge when it comes to, like, what it actually stands for. And to be fair, school doesn't really no, touch on it that never, heavily. No. Um, they, they kind of glance over it. But I don't it's even not think really we learned about, about it. I know I learned about it, but like I said, it was, like, very, like, glazed right over it. Like, the, it was, you know, almost, like, impassing. Yeah. All right. So, let's, let's get into this Roe vs. Wade. So, a pregnant single woman, Jane Roe, brought a class action lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of the Texas criminal abortion laws, which prescribe procuring or attempting an abortion except on medical advice for the purpose of saving the mother's life. A Texas doctor joined Roe's lawsuit, arguing that the state's abortion laws were too vague for doctors to follow. He had previously been arrested for violating the statute. It was a crime to get an abortion or to attempt one. So that is like the uh, overlying... Kind of like the abstract the kind summary of it. of it. All right. So, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled 7-2... to two that unduly restrictive state regulation of abortion is unconstitutional on January 22, 1973. In a majority opinion written by Justice Harry A. Blackman, the court held that a set of Texas statutes criminalizing abortion on most instances violated a woman's constitutional right of privacy, which is found to be implicit in the liberty guarantee of the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. You know, the one that says, not shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or the pursuit without... Oh, life, liberty, or property, sorry. Without due process of law. We're back oh, at I it with the it was, I always thought it was life, liberty, and the it's, pursuit It's later. Too. Or that's 
That's in the uh, pre... The Emancipation Proclamation? No, it's in the pre... Preamble. The preamble. Okay, the preamble. Because I okay. had, I used to have to know that. I did too. I had to learn it in seventh grade. <laughs> seventh grade. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. But yeah, that's in the preamble. Okay. Yes, I knew I, I knew I recognized it somewhere. Okay. Um. So this case began in 1970 when Jane Roe instituted federal action against Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas County, Texas, where Roe vis- resided. First of all, I just want to say, of course, this was fucking happening in, happening in Texas because Texas is a shit show. Yeah, they're and still a shit show. They always been. have been. Yeah. Anyway. That's why I hate when people call New Hampshire, like, North Texas. No. Because if I ever hear someone off. say that. It pisses me off. I'm like, we are fucking nothing like them. Um, so, Jane Roe is a fictional name that was used to protect the identity of the plaintiff, Norma McCorvey. I know a lot of people didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I... So she passed away in 2017, but fuck that bitch because she became a big voice for pro-life in 1995. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm deadass. Way to turn that shit right the fuck around. I know, but fuck you, Norma. Okay, so thank you, Norma. But also fuck But then fuck you. you. Um, the Supreme Court disagreed with Rose assertion of an absolute right to terminate pregnancy in any way at any time and attempted to balance a woman's right of privacy with the state's interest in regulating abortion. So basically, Roe wanted it so that a woman could get an abortion at any time during her pregnancy, no matter what, and the states wanted to not do that. Well, I guess... So the to, I mean, Supreme to play Court, devil's advocate, I don't 100% no, I wouldn't agree either. with that either. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do feel like there has to be a cutoff point. Yes, and like, we'll, we'll get into that. You know what I mean? Yes, like, I get... We'll, we'll get into that. And I mean, even just relating to today, like, I understand... Like, there does need to be a cutoff point, but it should be, like, a universally agreed cutoff point. They did do that. We'll get into right. That. Okay. Um, so, in his opinion, Blackman noted that only a compelling state interest justifies regulations limiting fundamental rights such as privacy, that legislators must therefore draw statutes narrowly to express only the legitimate state interests at stake. Court paperwork stuff always makes me, like, so confused (laughs) the way they they type it. So I basically um, did the smart words, and then I went through and broke it down in dumb terms. (laughs) The court then attempted to balance the state's distinct compelling interests in the health of pregnant women and in the potential life of fetuses. Fetuses. Fetuside. Fetuside? I don't know. Feta people. Feta people? (laughs) Fetuses. I I triple checked that because I was like, I don't want to sound stupid saying fetuses. Well, that's a hard one. Well, it's like, is it moose or meese? Right. Because <laughs> it's geese for goose. It's not gooses. Right. So is, is it, it mooses or is meese? Is it mooses? I don't know. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a good point. Okay. Okay, anyway. Fetuses. I looked it up. <laughs> it placed the point after which a state's compelling interest in the pregnant woman's health would allow it to regulate abortion at approximately the end of the first trimester of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. With regards to the fetus, the court located that point at 
capability. I just struggled so hard, Sandy, that went out. Okay, starting the sentence over. With regards to the fetus, the court located that the point at capability of meaningful life outside the mo- mother's womb or viability, which occurs at about 24 weeks of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, to put it in simpler terms, the Supreme Court decided two important things in Roe v. Wade. The United States Constitution provides a fundamental right to privacy that protects a person's right to choose whether to have an abortion. But the abortion right is not absolute. It must be balanced against the government's interest in protecting health and prenatal life. So, yeah, that was the simpler terms. So, like, it's going to, it has to meet in the middle. Um, it has each, to be kind of a gray yeah. area. Each side of Roe versus Wade used several arguments, arguments, I feel like I said that wrong, arguments before the Supreme Court. So this is, so Texas defends abortion restriction with these points. So states have an interest in safeguarding health, maintaining medical standards, and protecting prenatal life. A fetus is a, quote, person protected by the 14th Amendment. And protecting prenatal life from the time of conception is a compelling state interest. So... But the... And here's the point that anybody who's pro-choice typically will make with that. Is that if we're going to consider a fetus a person from the moment of conception... Then doesn't that doesn't that mean child support should start ten months earlier? Mm. Um, The ability to you know gain state benefits should start ten months earlier. Health care for the for the infant should start or for the fetus should start ten months earlier. Um, And on top of all of that comes with. You know, if a pregnant woman is murdered, it should be counted as a double double homicide then, right? If a pregnant woman, like there's a case actually going on right now, um, if a pregnant woman is traveling in an HOV lane, oh, yes, I was just gonna she's bring not that traveling up. by herself. Yes, the lady in Texas yes. who like got pulled over because it was just her in the HOV lane. She's a fucking savage. Which, for everyone who doesn't know what an HOV lane is, it's like... Um, it's like a commuter lane, like it's, yeah, you're, you're supposed, like a carpool lane, You're basically. supposed to have at least two people in your car, and it's for certain hours, like during rush hour. Right, yeah, like especially so it, yeah, in the morning. Yeah, it's supposed the to hour. promote, like, carpooling, which will save the environment or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so this lady was driving in it, this pregnant lady, she, what was she, like three or four months pregnant, I think? I think I think so, yeah. And she was driving in an HOV lane in Texas. A little more, actually, because she knows that she's having a girl. So I think she was, like, maybe five or six. Okay. Well, regardless. So she was pregnant and driving in an HOV lane, and she got pulled over and got a ticket because it was just her in the car, and so she's fighting the ticket because she's pregnant, and according to Texas state law, a fetus is a child from contra- contraception. So, from con- yeah, from technically, she had two people in the car. Right, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> she's, she's taking what they're calling this, um, malicious compliance. And, uh, basically what that means is, like, you are complying 
but you are also using the meaning of the law to your own advantage yeah. when it's not clear. So she like she is complying, she's doing what she's supposed to, but she is also she has a fair argument. Which like if they want to argue that it's a person, then technically there are two people in that car. Right. And more and more people are going to start having that same argument exactly. just to prove a point. I love it. I support it. I'm tempted to get pregnant just to do that, but I don't want to get pregnant. I don't want a child. 10 out of 10 do not recommend. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. Those were Texas's... Texas? Texas? <laughs> Texas state uh, arguments for their side of the case. So this is um, Roe. Her claims in the case. The Texas law invaded an in individual's right... To liberty under the 14th Amendment, the Texas law infringed on rights to marital, familial, and sexual privacy guaranteed by the Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. And the right to an abortion is absolute. A person is entitled to end a pregnancy at any time for any reason in any way they choose. So, this is okay. <laughs> how the Supreme Court decided Roe v. Wade. So they decided that abortion does fall under privacy rights. The constitutional right mm -hmm. to privacy comes from the Due Process Clause of mm -hmm. the 14th Amendment. The Due Process Clause does not explicitly, fuck, explicitly state that Americans have a right to privacy. However, the Supreme Court has recognized such a right going all the way back to 1891. Mm, okay, so this it's not like this was like a... Like, obviously, this wasn't something that was really, like, just being brought up. Like. No. Um, so, just a year before Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court held that in a constitution for free people, there can be no doubt that the meaning of liberty, liberty must be broad indeed. And that's a quote. That's why it sounded weirdly worded. <laughs> in Roe v. Wade, the court decided that this right to privacy extends to control over pregnancy. So, the justices also acknowledged that being forced to continue a pregnancy puts a lot, of, a lot at risk, such as physical health, mental health, financial burdens, and social stigma. So, like, the social stigma part would be if you're a single woman who's pregnant. Because people just assume you're well, a Well, and also coming from someone who's been through pregnancy and stuff. Like, obviously stigma's not as big of a thing now, you know, as it used to be. Uh, like, it didn't matter that I wasn't married and had a baby. Like, it really didn't matter. But the physical toll, it goes so much beyond, like, oh, I have cravings and I'm tired all the time. Like, no. Like, you, you're... Your moods are constantly changing in a way that, like, you don't even comprehend and you don't know what's wrong with you. Like, there's the back aches, the, um, the pains from your stomach physically growing to the size that it needs to be. Oh. Leg pains. Uh, you know, back pain. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's preeclampsia, which is, like, the only way to cure preeclampsia to cure the mother is to deliver that baby. So it's like no matter what stage of the pregnancy you're in, if you're preeclamptic, it doesn't matter if you're 25 weeks and your baby hasn't reached the age of viability yet, they're gonna deliver that baby. Like whether you like it or not. And then you run the risk of losing your baby anyway. Like 
it is like not having the access to abortions actually affects women who are already mothers more than it affects you know women who something happened they get pregnant and they you know they're not ready for a pregnancy yeah. like more often than not it's mothers who know like they physically cannot have another pregnancy or their body is, like, they're gonna die because their body can't handle it anymore. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is, like, most of the people that are pro-choice are mothers who have had to make a choice between being there for their children that are still alive or and, like, that are already here, alive, needing to be taken care of or letting herself die for and leave her other kids behind for a baby that very well could die with her. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, it's not easy mentally or physically by any means. Like, had I known what I was going into when I went into it, I really honestly would have thought a lot longer and a lot harder about having kids because it took a toll on every aspect of my life and my body. And I don't blame anyone for not (laughs) wanting to fucking go through that, okay? And there's... (laughs) Plenty of children in the foster system. And the adoption system. Yes. So, can I always think of that? Because it's fucked. Yeah. Anyway. The court was skeptical of the state's argument that the Constitution protections begin at conception. The Constitution doesn't provide a definition of a person. It does say that it protects, or its protections cover those who are born or naturalized in the U.S. Mm. After examining other cases relating to unborn children, the court concludes that the unborn have never been recognized in the law as a person's in the whole sense. So, suck on those toes, Texas. Sorry, I get really... (laughs) I like how you went with suck on those toes. (laughs) I'm trying to keep it clean. I have another niece now that I gotta be a good role model for. As I said earlier, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) Oh, my life's a mess. It's it's all about balance. My life's a mess. So this case also includes a discussion of the different views on when life begins. The biggest topic Mm. ever. So many in the Jewish faith, for example, that life begins at birth. We love Jews. Yes. Yeah. The more and more I learn about the Jewish religion, because I follow a few, like, Orthodox Jewish women that really educate, and the more and more I learn about it, the more and more um, I I appreciate them (laughs) very much. Georgia is a Jew. I always forget that. Oh, really? Yeah, she's Jewish. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Georgia from... From MFM. Yeah. Georgia Hardstark. We love her. Not that they're listening to the podcast, but hi. (laughs) Um, The prevailing view in the Catholic faith is that... Let me try that again. The prevailing view in the Catholic faith is that life begins at conception. No. No. Um, Doctors' views vary, but they tend to lean toward the belief that life begins sometime before birth. Um, But the court found that it is not up to the states to decide when life begins. Um, This is a quote by the Supreme Court in this case. We do not agree that by adopting one theory of life, Texas may override the rights of the pregnant woman that are at stake. Say it louder for the people in the back. 
Um, the we're talking to you, Texas. Yeah, we're talking to 2020 Texas. 2022 Texas. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is how well my life's going. <laughs> the court did not agree that the Constitution guarantees an absolute right to an abortion. In other words, the privacy right does not prevent states from putting some regulations on abortion. The court created a framework work to fuck. The court created a framework to balance the state's interests with privacy rights, acknowledging that the rights of pregnant people may conflict with the rights of the state to protect potential human life. The court decide oh, define the rights of each party by dividing pregnancy into three 12-week trimesters. Yay, what we have now. Yeah, it's it's awful. <laughs> so during 40 a, weeks of fucking misery. <laughs> during a pregnant person's first trimester, the court held a state cannot regulate abortion beyond requiring that the procedure be performed by a licensed doctor in medically safe conditions. Um, so during the second trimester, the court held that a state may regulate abortion if the regulations are reasonably related to the health of the pregnant person. And then during the third trimester of pregnancy, the state's interest in protecting the potential human life outweighs the right to privacy. As a, as a result, the state may prohibit abortions unless an abortion is necessary to save the life or health of the pregnant person. Which this ruling I agree with. Yeah. So which I was happy with. I was happy living in Roe vs. Wade era. Well, and the thing is, too, is I think a lot of people look at it as, like... Because, unfortunately, there are people out there that use abortions as a birth control method. Like, it's like they just don't bother to even attempt, you know, birth control or contraception of any sort, whether it's condoms or whatever... And then they just get pregnant and go, and they're just like, okay, well, I'll just go get another abortion. Like, I get it, and I don't agree with that either. Like, if, you know, if you know you're going to be engaging in activities and you're not willing to get pregnant, you should be doing something, whether it's on your part or the other person's part, to prevent that from happening. Like, it shouldn't be a consistent, like, oh, I'll just get an abortion every time I fuck up. Like, but, you know, oftentimes that's not the case. It's... A majority yeah, of people that need it, like, for one reason or another. Also, if those people who keep getting abortions, I mean, I wouldn't want them to have a child anyway, so... Well, right, and, that, <laughs> and the thing is, too, is it's kind of also like a, you know, they treat it like a fucking, you know, get six stamps and you get a free sandwich, like... <laughs> You know, that's the stupidest. <laughs> the se seventh scrape is for free. <laughs> like, but that's really not how it goes. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> Moving on from that. <laughs> so the significance of Roe vs. Wade. Many think of Roe v. Wade as the case that legalized abortion. However, that isn't exactly true. What it did was change the way states can regulate abortion and characterized abortion as something that was covered under constitutional rights of privacy. It may come as a surprise that Roe did not have much of an impact on the number of abortions performed each year in the United States. Fun fact. 
I wonder why. According to the... Oh, fuck. I always have trouble pronouncing this. I tried to look up the pronunciation. Are you ready? Gutmacher. Gutmacher? It's German, I think. Gutmacher. Whatever. Institute. In the years before Roe was decided, there were over one million illegal abortions performed in the U.S. annually. After Roe versus Wade, that number remains around one million performed legally. Plus, the rate of deaths occurring as a result of abortions dropped dramatically in the years following the decision. Oh, I'm not surprised. Since the court's decision in Roe v. Wade, the judicial interpretation of the Constitution is that abortion is legal. However, after Roe, many abortion opponents have advocated for stricter abortion laws. Fuck you guys. The opponents haven't been able to ban abortions outright, but have placed limitations on abortions. A number of states have placed restrictions on abortions in certain circumstances, including parental notification requirements, mandatory disclosure of abortion risk information, and restrictions on late-term abortions. Here are some related cases, because I just kept going down this rabbit hole. Planned Parenthood v. Casey. The Supreme Court notably revisited Roe v. Wade in 1992 when reviewing Planned Parenthood v. Casey. I can't speak anymore. In that case, the court once again upheld a pregnant person's right to choose abortion, but it changed the framework created in Roe. Instead of requiring states to regulate abortion based on trimester, the court created a standard based on fetal viability. The fetus's availability... Ability... Ability, not availability. <laughs> I hate my life. The fetus's ability to survive outside the womb. Viability is usually placed at around 7 months, 28 mm-hmm. weeks, but it can be as early as 24 weeks. Yeah. Typically, typically what an OBGYN will tell you is that the age of viability is somewhere between 26 and 28 weeks because um, those just happen to be the ages with which they've seen the most success of the child living outside of the womb with, you know, the support of a NICU. So, yeah, so we've gone from... The trimesters... And just for reference, 37 weeks is what is considered full term. So it's about 10 weeks before full term. Um, Yeah, so to recap, I feel like I'm giving a lecture right now. We went from the Roe versus Wade of the separation of trimesters, depending on what kind of laws can be passed on abortions, to the viability in the Planned Parenthood versus Casey case. So now we're going to go on to... Whole Woman's Health versus Hillerotted. I'm so sorry to whose ever last name I just butchered. Oh, Hellerstead. Wow. I was gonna say, yeah. I, I can't say. even read my own typing. Hellerstead. I think that sounds better. Yeah. In 2016, the Supreme Court evaluated abortion regulations, regulations once again. No surprise, it's Texas. So Texas passed a law in 2013 that placed a series of restrictions on abortion clinics in the state. Among the other requirements, abortion providers had to have admitting privileges at a hospital no more than 30 miles away. 
Admitting privileges gives a doctor the ability to have their patients admitted to a hospital as if the doctor were, were an employee there. Treat their patients how the doctor wishes without the need for approval from another doctor at the hospital. They also call this, like, for anybody who watches, like, Grey's Anatomy or anything like that, in those shows they call it, it's like when they ask for privileges. Like, they're given privileges yeah. to do whatever it is they need to do while they're there. When this, so when this requirement, requirement took effect, Texas went from having 42 abortion clinics to just 19. The case reached the Supreme Court around the, around the time of Justice Antonin Scalia, his death. So there were only eight justices to hear the case. In a 5-3 decision, the Supreme Court found that states cannot place restrictions on abortion clinics that create an undue burden for women seeking abortion. Which, thank you. Yeah. That's back when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was still on the Supreme Court. I miss RBG. Me too. You uh, think this shit would have passed with her still there? No, she I don't fucking think she so. She would have slapped some bitches around. Oh, she would have been slapping <laughs> bitches around left and right. You know she's angry uh, right now. I love her. I've been gone a few months and you motherfuckers. Oh. Like, anyway, so the last um, related case I'm going to mention is June Medical Services versus Gee. In 2020, SCOTUS overturned another admitting privileges requirement in June Medical Service versus Guy. Chief Justice John Roberts joined the liberal justices in a 5-4 decision that struck down a Louisiana abortion, abortion statute requiring doctors to have admitting privileges. The decision relied heavily on Hellerstedt. And in both decisions, the court observed that abortion is one of the safest medical procedures available today. Say it again for the people in the back. Abortion is one of the safest medical procedures available today. And I would like to point out that that includes C-sections, which are at a growing rate in our country, but that's a whole nother conversation. Forced birth and a whole and all of that yes. stuff is like a whole new thing. But, um... Yeah, like, that includes C-sections. And as somebody who literally had one, it fucking sucks. Like, there is nothing like having your entire insides cut open and forcibly having a child ripped out of it. Like, I am, I cannot tell you how happy I am I was asleep for that. As someone who has never pushed anything out of their uterus, I'm so sorry. I would not recommend when I get an ultrasound now, I can see the scar on my uterus from the inside. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking weird. I also would just like to say that, um... New Hampshire, the state we live in, is a safe state. So is Massachusetts. Oh, I should have put a list of safe states. Fuck. Don't go to Texas. <laughs> don't go to all that southern ass bullshit. I, I believe it's like Texas, Ohio, Illinois. Um, Probably Louisiana. Um, Hold on. All right. So, so we, we tried to find a list yeah. for you guys, but it's like really hard to like decipher the list because they're all done yeah, differently. Yeah, and it's still changing, um, and like some states have. But like, if you're looking for updated information on where it abortion is safe and legal and accessible and where it is not, you can go to plannedparenthoodaction.org 
And on there, they have an entire map that lists and shows all of the safe and not safe states. Yeah, and they do it by, like, how easy it is is to get an abortion there. Like, um, in New England, where we're from, it's... It's completely legal. It's there's for no all of us. yeah, there's no restrictions whatsoever. And the same is true for Washington, Oregon, Nevada, and California. And Montana, Nev- or New, North- Mexico, New Mexico, Alaska, Hawaii, North Montana. And oh, and Illinois. Illinois, okay, New York, Illinois. Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey. Yeah. New England. And then obviously like South Dakota, Montana, Arkansas, Louisiana, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas are all completely illegal. And then there's some states that are like have in some laws yeah, that make it harder and then And some laws that, you know, don't make it too hard, but yeah. you still have to go through some channels some, to do it. Some hoops to jump through. Yeah. But yeah. Um again the website is planparenthoodaction.org. They have an interactive map where you can look at all of the states or you can Check out a specific state. And, and it like, will give you facts on, like, what the laws are in that state specifically. Um, but, yeah, as you can tell, we're both pro-choice. And if you don't agree with that, I especially if you're a male, I don't care. Even if you're a female, I don't care if you don't yeah. agree with it. Like, if you don't... If it's not your fucking body, it's not your fucking opinion. Period. Exactly. If your, none of your business. religion or your own self doesn't allow you to have an abortion, completely fine. Don't get an abortion. But I don't think it's fair or right or just to take away someone else's choice. So for all of y'all trying to take away our choices, fuck you. And I'll leave you guys with this, and it's sad as fuck, but that's the intention of it because it drives the point home. Can I just say before you get into your sadness, vasectomies are reversible. Um, but I had a friend who was raped her entire life by her own father, became pregnant at 10 years old. 10. What options would she have now if those laws weren't in place back then? Like, she had the options that she did because of Roe versus Wade and the privacy. And she didn't have to go through with giving birth to a child of incest and potentially bringing more abuse on herself as she got older. So those are the people we need to take into account. Not just grown-ass fucking adults who fuck up, get drunk, and accidentally uh, don't make the best choices. We just need to take into account that it's whoever has a uterus, it's their decision. And, and I mean, really, that's true with any procedure for anyone's body. Like, nobody tries to force pe- anyone with glasses to get LASIK, and nobody forces anybody with that's deaf to get a cochlear implant. Like, exactly. you know. It's their decision. So, keep your laws off my body. Period. Period. Anyway, um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned something about Roe vs. Wade and all the other related uh, Supreme Court cases. And hope you also learned that Gen Z is savage. 
And uh, next time we're going to come back, uh, hopefully, with a story from Callie's travels overseas. Oh, I'm so excited to tell this one. Um, again, sorry about the depression in this episode and about the politicalness of it. Uh, we usually don't get political. No, but it needs to be talked it about. It does need to be talked about. And we just wanted to make sure our stance came across, which I think we're pretty open about the yeah, fact that... Yeah, I, I've always been pretty open about it. I'm not gonna... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... Fight me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Fight me. Like... Yeah, we're both just like, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. I literally made us... Pro-row shirts and pro-choice shirts. <laughs> anyway, um, follow us on Instagram. At Murder in the Kitchen Podcast. Send us your case suggestions, your, um, <laughs> your hometown stories, and whatever else you want to send us at... Murder in the Kitchen Podcast at gmail.com. Um, follow our Patreon. At patreon.com slash murder in the kitchen podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, rate us. Follow. Follow. Um, I'm working on um, an intro song. So maybe we'll have that eventually. <laughs> Hopefully. It's going to take some time. Um, stay tuned for our next episode. Okay, bye. Um, have a nice week unless you are the... Supreme Court judges who voted to overturn Rovers Wade, then I hope you suck a dick and choke. Uh, bye! Bye! <laughs>